0: morning church family we're so happy to see you this morning i hope your weekend was great um i want to ask you if you are watching on facebook would you be so willing to start a watch party why not make this a little extra fun (laughs) if you have someone in mind who you want to invite and join tag their name in there get that going um so we can all do church together this morning
1: welcome to the last message inside of can't cancel hope it's it it's over it's the last one And I have loved this sermon series. The whole premise, the whole concept is people that are stuck in a boat, in a fish, in a pit, in a cave, in a tomb, in all the different places. They're just stuck, and it's how they find hope. And I have loved so many of the different messages. I mean, some of my favorite messages I've ever researched, prayed about, thought through, wrestled with, and preached on are in this sermon series. I mean, one of my favorites was the Pentecost message with the Holy Spirit stuck mm-hmm. and waiting for all of humanity till He was free to dwell in us. I love it. Job, Joseph. I mean, Jonah, Paul. There are some amazing messages in this series. Patty, what was one of your favorites? What, oh what did you think?
0: I think the realization that Jonah. You you made a point at one point about how God uses just these extraordinary circumstances that we sometimes think are like bummers. (laughs) God's actually using them to just transport us to his, what's in his will for our lives. And it's just so amazing. Yeah. Jonah.
1: Jonah. Yeah. Yeah. I liked him. The, the transportation point was, I love that one. Um, I want to challenge you in the comments down below. What was one of your favorite messages from this sermon series? What was something that stuck out? Maybe it was a point, maybe it was a whole message What's one thing that you can put in the comments down below right now? And I, I love reading these on Sunday mornings and joining in the chat and all of that. So right now, drop in the chat, favorite message, favorite point, something. And I was really thinking about this, this message in particular. Before we even started Can't Cancel Hope, I was praying about all the different uh, stories and messages and everything and just getting in my spirit But when I first started, one of the core images that stuck out in my mind was Jesus in the tomb. He was crucified. He was placed in this tomb. And he was distanced off from humanity. And it's the last moment where he was isolated from his creation. See, he, he, he fully died. He wasn't faking it. He fully died and woke himself up out of death. And he's in this tomb, and he's cut off from his creation. And, and I thought in that moment, just in that, in that split second where he awakes from death, he sits up, and there's a moment where he sits up before the rocks rolled away, right? There's this moment before he leaves the cave. There's this moment before he starts meeting with his disciples and Mary in the garden and all of that. Where I, I picture that moment in my mind. It could have just been maybe one second. could have been five minutes. Who knows? But it's the last moment where Jesus was isolated from his creation. The rock rolled away. He rejoined everyone on earth, met up with him, and then ascended to heaven to sit on his throne where we get to join him for all of eternity. And I knew with that image, that was the last message in the series. That's what I want to preach on today is is the events leading up to Jesus in this tomb, and then what goes forward. Today's message is entitled, Hope Wins. Obviously, spoiler alert, if you haven't read your Bible before, hope wins. Jesus is hope, and Jesus comes back to life. Right? That's what we base our entire faith on. We accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior in our hearts, and we know that hope wins. But sometimes, leading up to that defining moment where we see results happening in our own life, where we need hope, can be bleak and dire. Those moments where Jesus was leading up to the tomb were scary. He was beaten, he was whipped, he was mocked, you name it, right? And he held on to hope in those moments which led up to the tomb and past the tomb. So without further ado, Let's jump into Luke chapter 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. This is the tomb that Jesus has been crucified and placed inside of. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wandering While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for living among the dead? Highlight that, circle it. It's one of the most important scriptures in the New Testament. And I'll tell you why in a moment. He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you. While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified on the third day, be raised again. Then they remembered the words. Right? Just picture what's going on here. Jesus, who is hope, was dead, and people are mourning, was no longer dead, and angels stood at this place, and and people went to go embalm, and and place these spices and these scents on top of Jesus' dead body, and they're like, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why are you—this this statement is so powerful. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Right? They're looking for Jesus who is hope, but they're looking for hope among dead things. Just think about that for a moment. Do we look for hope in dead things? Do we look to place our hope in dead things? Do we look to place our hope when things don't belong to have our hope? See, Mary, the, this woman, her her hope was dead in her mind. Her hope was over. It was buried. It was done. And she was just going to give the burial rites to what she had been hoping on. And in reality, this angel says, hope does not belong to dead things. Why do you look for dead things amongst the living? See, what we need to remember is our hope belongs to the living God, the creator of the universe. Our hope does not belong to dead things. Our hope does not belong to a promotion, a job, Mm a finances. Our hope does not belong to another person. Our hope does not belong to anything other than Jesus. So why do we look for hope among dead things? And I love that statement. How much more would our 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 lives be impactful and impacting if we place our hope on Jesus no matter what? You know, I don't I don't want to place my hope on what someone else says. I don't want to place my hope on things in my life. I don't want to place my hope on the fact that I might win this or do that or no, it needs to be on Jesus. Because ultimately hope wins. And if our hope is on Jesus, our hope wins. Our hope has already won. We are already more than victorious because our hope is on Jesus. Hope wins because hope is Jesus. I love the angel's second point. How he, I I wonder, you know, I don't know what's going through his mind. Obviously, it's an angel, you know, who knows? But I love how he looks at this woman. And if I put myself in this angel's shoes, look at this woman and she's like, dumbfounded. Where's where's dead Jesus? Where's this dead guy that was doing all these awesome things? Where's and the angels like, what do you mean? Where is he? Jesus literally told you several times that he was going to die and raise again. Do you remember this? And it says that, they remember those things, right? I mean, this angel, it's like, I'm working with people here. Come on. <laughs> you got to remember these. Jesus told you, I'm telling you, please remember. He's not going to die because hope wins. Man, Jesus, Jesus told them the ending of the movie while they're still watching it, mm-hmm. right? I, I mean, I wonder if Jesus was just so giddy and so excited about what was unfolding on earth that he just kept spoiling the ending. Like, have you ever watched a movie for the first time, but you're sitting next to someone else who's seen it another time or a couple times? And like, oh, man, London is like, I love London, but don't ever see a movie where she's already seen it. <laughs> like, you'll be watching it, and like, credits are starting, she's like, I can't wait for this one part to happen. It's so good, you're gonna laugh so hard. And you're like, wait, no spoilers. I, I don't want to know. Okay, but, but the ending... When this happens, you're gonna be surprised. Well, not now. <laughs> I feel like Jesus and London have a lot in common, and I was <laughs> like Jesus like so excited for the ending. He's like, but when I come out of that and I race from that you won't even believe, it. it's gonna be amazing, you know? And I wonder what his disciples had thought when he said that. Like, did they understand it? Just like a movie, when someone tries to tell you a snapshot of a movie and you're completely lost. I remember when people were trying to explain The Matrix to me before I would seen The Matrix, and I was like, what are you talking about? Sometimes you just have to experience and see it and feel it for yourself. Likewise with Jesus, Mm -hmm. if your faith is not on Jesus, if your hope is not on Jesus, and it's on someone else's faith, hope, love, it's, it's not genuine. You need to have Jesus as your own. Right, You can't skate by by your grandma's faith into heaven. You need to have your faith. You need to have your hope on Jesus. It's not good enough that someone else has it. It's awesome that they're praying for you, but you need to have that genuine relationship. You need to have that hope. You need to have that faith. It comes down to you and him. Love it. Jesus spoiled the end of the story to the disciples. Just like Jesus spoils the ending of your story if you listen. See, Jesus is always spoiling our own stories to us. Right through the Holy Spirit, he'll speak words of knowledge and wisdom, and, and we start hearing what's to come and what we need to do and what we need to say. He's constantly spoiling our story through the word of God. Not that it's a bad thing. It's 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 exciting. It's neat. It's a it's a fresh way to look at what Jesus is proclaiming when he says, "I know the plans I have for you, plans of good, not of evil." And it's understanding that God has this plan that's it's ordained and it's laid out. And when we have our hope on Jesus, we start being brought into that understanding and that revelation of. Who Jesus is to us and through us. That's awesome. I I love this concept of hope wins. Hope is confident expectation. Hope is confident expectation. Jesus was confidently expecting to raise from the dead. That's, That's what got him through all the stuff before, right? It says his beard was torn out. He had a crown of thorns put on him. He had, he was whipped. He was beaten. I mean, he went through it all. But he was confidently expecting to raise from the dead. He knew where he was headed. And that's how he got through where he was at. And I, I fully believe, I, I fully just see it I, I know that a lot of times people struggle with situations and hurts because they can't see and have confident expectation of where they're headed mm-hmm. and it, it's just a small pivot of placing their hope on Jesus and off of situations and circumstances and, and all of this it's, it's shifting what we believe it's shifting where our hope is placed and we shift it onto Jesus, we gain confident expectation. We know what's going to happen. Right? We can't get stuck anymore. The enemy can't keep lying to us to, to make us quit and give up. Hope wins. Hope gets you through. Hope guides you. Hope delivers you. So what are some of the things? What, what are some of the things that Jesus went through Before he rose, right? I've mentioned a couple times already, but I want you to start thinking about this. Think about these situations and and how they apply to our lives today as, as similar situations, right? Illustratively. Not that we are getting whipped, not that we are putting a crown of thorns on us, but what does it mean to us circumstantially, illustratively? One of them was betrayal. You know Jesus was betri- betrayed a couple times. You know Judas is the easy one to point out, but don't forget about Peter. Right? Peter denied Jesus. It, it, that's a that hurts. And it's kind of a betrayal in a way. Judas betrayed Jesus, Peter betrayed Jesus. But Jesus didn't have a broken heart from it because he knew where he was headed. Have, have you felt betrayal in your life? Have you felt a loved one betray you? Have you felt some betrayal by, by a person, by anything? Maybe it's at your work. Maybe it's in your home. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a, a distant family member. Betrayal cuts deep. And if we don't have our hope on Jesus, our eyes focus on where we're at, our entire perspective is consumed by that betrayal and it can take months to years to get over. Some people still are not even healed because their hope isn't on Jesus. If you're sitting there with this overwhelming burden that someone betrayed you, it's time to take your hope on Jesus because it will shift your eyes from where you're at and that hurt in your past and plant it on Jesus so he can lead you to where he's calling you to go. Another one. Whipped and beaten. Man, what do, what do we do when we feel like we're just beat up? Like life just beats us up. You know, I, there are so many memes and jokes and statements and gifs online about the year 2020. If there was ever a year to feel like life is beating you up. This is the year, right? This this is the one. <laughs> but what what do we do, you know? It's easy to sit there and go, "Man, life's not fair. I'm not moving forward until life gets fair for me too." You know, until life's f- fair, then I'm I'm not going to move forward. Well, yeah, you're going to be stuck there a long time because life isn't fair. Even in the gospel, you know, the story that Jesus talked about where he gave five talents, two talents, and one talent. One talent guy was like, why do I have five talents? It's all moping around. He buried his one talent in the ground. <laughs> Sorry, I like to picture them in their shoes. I like to, I like to feel it out myself. <laughs> but, you know, if, if you're going to sit and skulk around because life isn't fair, you're going to be doing it a long time. Man, Jesus has so many plans for your life and so many plans to go through your life. But if we're unwilling to place our hope on Jesus, we'll just be stuck. Yeah. Like, you know that one cranky person? Like, that's always just cranky. They just always complain. they always like, well, did you know? Blah, blah, blah. And if you can't think of that person, maybe you are that person. <laughs> so I'm just joking. But there's, there's these, these moments where we need to move forward. We need to stop letting those little things get to us. We need to stop, you know, picking those things and they're just being thorns in our side and we just need to place our hope correctly. Our hope doesn't need to be on that person better shape up. Our hope needs to be on Jesus. Right? Don't worry about this person or that person. Worry about Jesus and your relationship to Jesus. Another one, suffocation. In case you didn't know how how the cross works. Uh, The cross was very torturesome. And the reason why people passed away was because of suffocation. Your, your arms were pinned to the sides and you were, your legs were, were nailed onto the bottom of the cross and so you'd have to lift up to take a breath. And then lower down and lift up and lower down. And it was, a slow, it was just a very slow, painful death. It was death by suffocation. And eventually your muscles and your bones would give up and so you couldn't lift yourself up. Towards nighttime, if you were still alive, when it was going into the Sabbath, they would take a hammer and, and break your legs so you couldn't lift yourself back up to breathe. It was a, it was a very slow, suffocating process. In, in our lives, in your life, is there things that you feel like you're being choked out? You feel like your life is just being just drained away. Like things are just stealing your time, your energy, your money. Like you're just constantly draining. Like I don't know why this image just popped in my head, but I remember as a kid, we would have bowls and we'd fill them up with water and we, you know, pour stuff in it to cook or whatever. But every once in a while, you know, we'd have all of our bowls in the in the cupboard and i pull out and I'd pull out a, a column Colander, colander. How do you say that? Col- mm-hmm. Colander. Oh my gosh, colander. I pull it out, and I still put, try to put water in it because I just thought it was funny, you know. And and then I try to hold some holes on the bottom and it start filling up, and it, it could only fill up to the edge of where my hands could fit on the tiny holes. And I try to hold some here and try to hold some weird, but eventually, if I moved my hands or shifted them, all the water would fall out. And I think a lot of times, if our hope is misplaced. That's what our life is. We're trying to hold on to this part of our life and then hold on to this part and then hold on to this part and we're trying to do it all. We're trying to be like this super mom that can do this job and do this and do this and do this and do that and, and we can't. We're, we're, we're trying to do everything ourselves and things will slowly drain away and slip away. And it's such a, a subtle tactic of the enemy too to make us so busy that we forget to spend relationship time with Jesus. That eventually, Jesus isn't a priority in our lives and that we're hopelessly drowning and suffocating. But when we place our hope on Jesus, hope wins. And because our hope is on Jesus, hope wins. When we're suffocating and feel like we're drowning, it's just calling on the name of Jesus. and spending time in worship. It's spending time in prayer, saying, God, I I feel like I'm drowning right now. And we place our hope on Jesus. And what happens is, again, we take our eyes off of the situation and look at where we can go. It's like that image of uh, uh, if a man falls overboard of a boat and, and the boat goes away and they don't know that he fell overboard and he's drowning and he's paddling and his eyes are just thrashing and, and water's going in and he's blinking really fast and he's drowning and he panics and he tries to take shallower and shallower breaths. But if you would just open his eyes and look, he's only like 20 feet offshore and he can easily swim. It's like that with Jesus. If we just take a deep breath and say, "Jesus is my rock. He is my island. He is my hope. He is my everything." I can swim towards Him. I can go towards Him in every area of my life. Another one is the last one I want to talk about. So we talked about betrayal, whipping, whipped and beaten. We talked about the cross being I feel like suffocating, but I want to talk about the cave, the tomb, and I've touched on this earlier. But it represents isolation, separation, you know, loneliness, abandonment. It represents being cut off. And so much so that it almost feels immovable, impossible. See, a giant stone was rolled into place, meaning there was like this little tiny ramp. It would roll down and then it would fall at the bottom and just fall snug. And it's not that a person could just get there and just pick up the... Or roll it back up the hill. That's, that's, that wasn't the option. It was a long-term kind of thing. And you need help if you needed to move it. You needed several people. And it's this moment where... Do we have these isolating cave moments in our lives? Where we just feel alone? These are the moments... That we need to place our hope on Jesus... Right? Jesus made it through every single one of those. Jesus won on every single situation and instance. Jesus won on suffocation. Jesus won on isolation. Jesus won on being beaten. Jesus won on being whipped. Jesus won on betrayal. And if Jesus can win, that means we have to place our hope and our pro everything on Jesus. Because I can't win on my own. Only I can win through Jesus. We need to do that. So one thing we're going to do right now is we've started doing this in the last few messages. It's called doing life together. We've been saying that for a while. And right now we're going to do life together in the comments. So what I want to challenge you for the next couple of minutes, the sermon is not over. All right. We still have more message. But I want you to grab your phone, your device, your tablet, your computer, uh, your stone chisel, whatever you do to communicate in the comments on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, wherever you're going to go to leave a comment. And I want to challenge you in the comments to answer this. What do you need hope winning through? Right, what do you need hope winning through? Spend a moment, leave a comment, and reply to someone. Let's do life together. It's a back and forth. Don't just leave a comment and bounce out. Do you need hope winning through doubt, fear, frustrations, anger? What what do you need hope winning through? Welcome back. Hope always wins. I love reading the comments down below during these moments when we do life together. I love sharing these. I love seeing what people genuinely answer. You know, I love, I love seeing that and then I love adding that into my, my prayer time and I love spending time praying over all of us, our whole church. Uh, it's, a, it's a great way to connect. Hope wins. Hope always wins. Hope is Jesus. And the only time hope fails is when hope is discarded before results. The only time hope fails is when we just give up hope right before we see our breakthrough. Sometimes, sometimes breakthrough is just right there. And we just let go of hope. Check out this video clip really quick. I love the announcer at the end everybody would learn by now. Right? Everybody should learn by now. Everyone should have known this by now. I think it's hilarious. Like, this guy is running for his touchdown. It's an unbelievable play. He has the, the football. I almost said soccer ball for some reason. He has the football. He's about to make it in, and he drops it. Are you kidding me? Like, he, he is like an inch... Like, moments before the touchdown, he drops it. And it, it, it blows my mind. But, in reality, w- what I want to look at is this, illustratively. The football player is us, right? And the football is hope. You know, we're running, we're going, we're going to win. We got the touchdown, Right? Victory is guaranteed because hope wins. Jesus is victorious. And we're gonna, it doesn't matter. And the only way we can lose is if we drop the hope. Like we quit, we give up, we throw in the towel. Whatever it is, we're out. And, and I, I think that's devastating to watch. You know, when someone has been going through everything, just going through it all, and they have hope. They know Jesus. They they spend their time. They're praying. They're you know all of it, and then right before they bre- their breakthrough, they just quit. They're like, you know what? I can't do it anymore. What do you mean you can't? You can't do without hope is what you should be saying. You can't do it without Jesus. You are right there if we are all watching on your sidelines, we are already cheering for you because you're victorious through Jesus. Just don't quit. Don't give up. Don't drop the ball. What do we need to learn so we don't throw hope away, especially when we're that close to breakthrough? What is it that we need to pick up here? You know, it, it's great saying hope wins and and seeing Jesus was victorious, but practically what can we do? Practically what can we stretch our faith with, right? We're not a church that just cheers because Jesus is awesome, but we want to put our faith into action. We want to be equipped to live our faith to the fullest. So what what do we need to do? I love how how 1st Timothy Chapter 1, verse 1 starts out like this, this iconic line from Paul. It it lays the foundation for running with hope through breakthrough, running with hope through the distance. It's understanding who we are and whose we are in just this simple statement. First Timothy, chapter 1, verse 1 says this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Easy verse just to think. It's simple. It's basic. Let me get to the meat. This is the meat. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Number one, the first thing we need to do to not drop hope inches before breakthrough is this. Live in your shoes. Live in your shoes. Whoever you're sitting next to right now, say, live in your shoes. If you're not sitting next to someone, someone, drop it in the comments. Live in your shoes. Live in your shoes. The first thing Paul says is his name. Paul. An apostle of Jesus Christ. Christ Paul In case you didn't know who I am, my name is Paul. Because Paul understands who he is. He is called. He is an apostle. He is writing a letter and he is putting his name on it. He usually your name goes last, right? It's like dear so and so, blah 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 blah. Loving, kindness, you know, whatever, name. He's like, nope, I know who I am, Paul. I think, I think the enemy gets nervous when we know who we are. Yeah. When, we, when we know our identity and we walk in it. Live in your shoes. Live in your shoes. Live in your shoes. Live in your shoes. Do not wear other people's shoes. My son Oliver loves to wear everyone else's shoes. But then they end up lost. (laughs) Sorry, I can't side check right now. Just need to find my flip flops. (laughs) Live in your own shoes. This is so huge. Let me just paint this picture. It's easier to see someone else who is successful, who is doing it, who is whatever, and to say, I want what you got. So I'm going to be you now. I'm going to dress like you. I'm going to talk like you. I'm going to try to do the same job. I'm going to try to do all this. And we try to be someone else rather than be ourselves. And in reality, you can't be blessed like they're blessed. God has equipped you with specific things. God has purposed blessings for you. He has placed a specific favor for you. And if you are in someone else's shoes, it's not going to work. You can't You can't make it happen. Have you ever seen uh, the movie Holes? This Shia LaBeouf, it's this old movie. They dig holes in this desert, but the entire movie is wrapped around why Shia LaBeouf is in the desert was because they thought he had stole this these shoes, this famous runner's tennis shoes. In reality, this, this little kid, uh, Z, I think his name is Z, uh, he had stole these shoes, right? They're like size 13, size 14, and he's size like six. And he's he has his little tiny feet clonking around in these runner's shoes. And he can barely move forward, and he's trying to go down the street and... And he hears sirens, and he can't run fast because he's in this other famous person's shoes. And the interesting thing is, this kid thought, maybe if I had these shoes, I'd be famous and I'd be fast. And he was actually slower. Because when we're in someone else's shoes, it doesn't fit right. Another way to think about it is, if you're in someone else's shoes, practically speaking the biggest your feet could ever grow is the constraint of someone else's shoe if your feet are in some in your own shoes they will fit perfectly you'll run how you're supposed to run you'll be blessed how you're supposed to be blessed you're you're equipped how you're supposed to be equipped god has given you tools for where you're at and where you're going but if you try to do someone else's calling someone else's purpose someone else's identity it doesn't match it doesn't work it it it's bad and it's awkward and everyone sees it and it's uncomfortable to watch. We need to be in our own shoes because when we're in our own shoes, we could say, I'm going to stick out the situation I'm in because God has given me everything I got and my hope is on Jesus. But when we see someone else down the road who looks like they're farther along, and we ditch our current circumstance and situation, we miss out on what God is teaching us in that faith-defining moment. Number one, live in your own shoes. Number two, live in his authority. Live in his authority. Paul, an apostle of Jesus. An apostle of Jesus. Apostle means sent one. Isn't that interesting? Doesn't mean, like, just sit around and and I'm following Jesus and I'm doing my thing and leave me alone. It actually means sent. Paul, an apostle of Jesus. Paul, a man sent by Jesus. That's a much more powerful statement if you really think about that. See, when you're running with that football, if you're that football player and you're running with that football and you're that person and you're running with hope, when you have it in your mind and in the deepest part of your heart and your spirit that you are sent by Jesus, you will not let go of that football no matter where you're at in your life and your circumstance. Because you have the understanding, no, I'm not trying to fend for my life Jesus actually sent me here. Yeah. Remember that the one message where Jesus was tempted in the desert by, by Satan? It says the Spirit led him to the desert. Some of the trials you're in right now are to beef you up and strengthen your faith. And God has sent you there. God has sent you there. God has sent you to your workplace. God has sent you to your family. God has sent you to your relatives. God has sent you. You are a sent person. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are sent. And don't, don't, you, if you would just grasp that today. I am sent by God. I, I have the authority. Right? I have the authority. It's like, I remember when I was a kid, uh, my neighbor uh, had called my mom and said, "Hey, I, I left something at the house on. I need you to run and you know turn it off, blah blah." So she's like, "Hey Matt, I need you to go to the house and turn off." So <laughs> run over. I go to the house, turn off, leave. And what the interesting thing is, I didn't think about it back then. If I just ran into someone's house. Right, that would be breaking and entering, right? That would be reckless abandoning going into someone's home. But because I was sent by authority who had ownership, everything was good. When we are sent by the authority of God, everything is good. Amen? Amen. And number three, live in your new life. Live in your new life. When you accept Jesus into your heart, you get a new life. My my past self, it's buried, it's dead, and I raise up with a new life. I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. New life. Live in your new life. What causes us to drop hope, last minute, drop hope right before the touchdown, right before breakthrough, is when we start thinking about our past life. We're like, you know what? Things would just be easier if I go back to the way things were. You know what? Let me just do this. Let me do that. Or even on the flip side, we can even think our past life is so bad. How, can, how am I even a person that Jesus can trust and empower? Right? This, this kind of has a, two, a double meaning here. We need to live in our new life. We need to not go back to our past life. And we need to mentally let our past life go. Because when we're consumed with what's going on behind us, we're not focused in on what God is speaking to us today for tomorrow. Right? Yesterday is our past. Today God is speaking to us because our tomorrow is amazing. And gave you a new life. Will you live in it? Hope wins. Just get that today. Hope wins. Anytime you're hurting, hope wins. Anytime you're frustrated, hope wins. Anytime someone says something to you stupid, hope wins. Anytime your child is screaming, hope wins. Right? Hmm. And remember what the angel said at the tomb. Why do you look for living among the dead? Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why do you look for hope among dead things? I think that's one of my personal biggest takeaways in the sermon series, that God was really placed on my heart. It's to really speak this understanding, this truth, that we need to take hope that's misplaced, and properly place it on Jesus. Yeah. Wherever your hope is, if it is anything but Jesus, replace it and take it and place it on Jesus. That's it. Look for hope in Jesus. Maybe, maybe you dropped hope in an area. right? Maybe you were that one football player and that football just, just dropped out. Maybe you're that person. Maybe, maybe you let hope slide in one area of your life. Or maybe you know someone. Someone just popped in your mind. You're like, that person lost hope. I saw them just like they dropped that football. That person dropped hope. Next steps this week. Pick up dropped hope. Pick up dropped hope because hope wins. If you dropped hope, pick it back up. If you know someone who dropped hope... Help them pick it up. There is lots of hope dropping going around in the year 2020. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's, let's allow Jesus to help us in our lives. And let's allow Jesus to help people in their lives. This, what I want to wrap up today talking about is this whole series was all about hope. Right? Placing our hope correctly. Our next series starts next week, right? This new series starts next week. It's called Faith Check. We talk about faith, and we talk about hope, and now we're going to be talking about faith. And I want you to do two things in preparation for this next sermon series. One, I want to challenge you. Get a journal, get a diary, get something to take faith notes in. All right, make it a new journal. Something that's going to be your... your uh a guide to faith. The Holy Spirit's gonna start revealing so many things on faith in this sermon series to you through these messages, through your Bible, through through nature, through everything. Make this a, a foundational faith document that you are archiving, you're writing down. Because I promise you, in months, years to come, you're gonna go back and grab this and start flipping through and rekindle areas of your life that you need to get inspire your faith to grow again. This is going to be a supercharged faith look. We are hyper-focusing on the book of Jeremiah. And unfortunately, because of who I am and how I'm wired, we're not going chronological. We're going to be jumping around where the Holy Spirit leads us. And he has a, a very specific track through the book that he wants us to dive into to grow our faith. So that's the first thing. Grab a book, grab a journal, grab something to take notes in. And number two, I want you... To start praying through who you can invite to the messages on faith. Maybe someone has already popped up in your mind. But I want to challenge you. Share a message in this series to a friend. Send it to their inbox, their email, whatever you want. Tag their name. Even start a watch party on Facebook. You know, start it and then tag their name. Send in a comment. Put their name in a comment. Get a journal and invite a friend. That's, that's your challenge during this faith series of, of right now. and Just be praying for this and getting ready for our new faith series, Faith Check. Let's pray. Lord, I know that you've been speaking to us a while on hope. And I pray that we would never lose hope. We never drop hope. We never abandon hope. We would be constantly filled with your hope that we'd understand that if there's any facets of our lives that we are placing hope on that is not you, we would remove it and place it on you. You are a good God. Jesus, we we understand that you are hope, and hope wins because of that. Lord, it, it feels good knowing that when our hope is on you, hope wins. Lord, encourage us this week, build us up, keep speaking to us about hope and start preparing us for faith. In your mighty name. Amen.
0: I love how step one of picking up that hope again is being able to worship. Yeah. Um, it's just a little hint there. That's a good way to, to start picking up that hope. Um, as we enter just this time of, of tithe and offering, you can always Uh, go to lighthouse805.com and go to our giving page and give there. And to those of you who continue to give and are giving for the first time even to um, our children's ministry fund, we say thank you. Thank you, thank you. These dreams that we've been having are coming. They're going to be coming true real soon. And so we're so excited um, to get that underway. Um, And so with, with kids stuff too, don't forget parents. The kids have their call after church later on today. So make sure you log on to that. And then also... Kids Camp was just exciting and fun. I know we talked yeah. about that last week. But there is a closing um, session tomorrow evening. Um, so make sure we have the we have the link on our newsletter. So make sure you're checking that out. If you don't get the newsletter yet, make sure to email us at info at lighthouse805.com. And we can add you to the list so we can get that information out to you. Um, it'll be a time for the kids to have communion together and just recap things that they learned. And I'm sure, I think they're having a slideshow of yeah. some of the pictures. Pictures of fun stuff the kids are doing so you can see all um that it was just a great virtual experience for them um so that'll be fun to to call in and be a part of and then um next wednesday which not this wednesday two wednesdays from now august 8th we are having our church family communion um so we are inviting you to that so make sure you keep a lookout for more information on that in our newsletter as well we'll be having that coming up um and then finally, we just want to say a happy National Parents' Day. So, uh-huh. good job, <laughs> <laughs> um, We've just been spending the weekend, if you've seen our social media posts, we're spending the weekend just celebrating and honoring parents, you know, biological parents, spir- spiritual parents, um, just you name it, foster parents. I mean, it, it just, the, the list can go on, the people who have influenced our lives, um, and just spending time honoring them and saying thank you. And um, so if, if you... Need ideas of how to celebrate. You can go back to our social media posts. We got a couple ideas on there of how to honor our parents. Um, and ultimately, I mean, we honor the Lord because He's the greatest parent of all. <laughs> so, with that, I hope you guys have a great, great day. Have a wonderful day. And we love you and we thank you for being with us this morning. We love doing, ch- doing church with you. Oh, before I forget, just to, to go on with your um, challenge here, <laughs> would you make sure that you are being, in, being intentional about praying over who to invite yeah. to be watching church with you. Um, it's not the most um, personal invitation being like, hey, come with me to church and we'll get coffee after, but that you can still throw that invitation out there, um, throw a watch party, I know i engage with people on the chat and say hey wasn't this so awesome how can i be praying for you or helping you pick up your hope um you help me pick up mine um so i challenge you to do that this week be, be praying about it um and give it a try during the week and, and we know that the lord's going to show up because he promises he will so we'll hold on to that hope right there <laughs> so love you guys and we'll see
1: oh and just let kidding. everyone know about the um new videos, welcome videos to send
0: someone. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so the opening, I'm not going to lie, it's probably my second favorite part because your message, of course, is my favorite. Uh, <laughs> I love watching the intro video. I don't know what you guys, but it's always just so fun. Um, and we are going to be updating our videos. And so if you could please just send a quick video saying good morning and just, you know, a, a little welcome intro wave smile. <laughs> um, Send that in to us. We would love to add you in. And if this is your first time watching, send it in anyway. Yeah. You know, <laughs> We would love to see your faces um, in, in the morning saying hello and welcome. So please send those. You can send them to info at lighthouse805.com. And we will get those in too. So hopefully we can see um, some new faces and new videos next week. So that will be exciting to look forward to. Yeah. righty, guys, now for reals. <laughs> Have a great day. We love God you. God bless.